Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada. It is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022, coming right up. It is the Book of Psalms, chapter 89. Don't you dare miss it. There's some serious comforting verses in here for us concerning what's going on in the world today. God is going to wrap up the affairs of time on this flesh age, and we are going to go back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. These promises are written in the councils of eternity. Don't you dare miss this psalm. It's a long one, but we're going to try and get through it. Psalms chapter 89. But please first consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Make this your identity. That's biblical literacy. You will always have a linear progression towards the truth. The Bible answers every logical and moral objection known to mankind. Get involved in the church administration today, companion chapel.com email me your emails mean a lot to me because i'm sitting out here all by myself at the companion chapel homesteading community which is just me and my little doggy right now companionchapel at gmail.com get involved today be somebody help magnify glorify and broadcast god's saving word now please turn with me in your bibles to psalms chapter 89 now, this is an instructional, that's what Michelle means, of Ethan, and Ethan and Herman, or Heman, they kicked it together, they hung out together. So, these two Psalms, 88 and 89, are similar, and let's just get right down into it here, verse 1. I will sing the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I'll make known thy faithfulness to all generations. That's your call to action. To praise the Lord. Sanctify yourself. That means signify to others. Signal to others. Christ warned not to put your candle under a mattress, but to declare, glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Now, always remember, the Bible is your book of instructions. It's God's laws, God's commandments. Psalms 47, 7. When you sing praises, you have to sing them with understanding. You have to get a working knowledge of the Bible. And it's not that hard because it's written in the book of Isaiah that this book is written in the common pen. That mankind muddies up the Bible. How does mankind muddy it up and make it confusing? It's also written, God is not the author of confusion. Mankind does that by taking the English printed version for face value when it was written in a different language. You know that I study out of the manuscripts, teach through the lexicons of the original language, and bring it to you out of any English version for clarity. So this Bible is clear, it's concise, it's perfect in all its ways to lead us to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. God wants his children back. When you sing praises, sing them with understanding. The Bible is not a random book of quotes. It's meant to be understood, and it's not that hard. Verse 2, For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. What a comforting promise written in the councils of eternity. God's mercies are found in his plans, plots, and purposes to rid the world of evil, to establish a heaven for his children that is universally valid and legit that will not accommodate evil. Now, what's the hell part then? Well, let's, let's just take a few examples of hell on earth today. Uh, Let's talk about the stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, you want to invest in the stock exchange. You want to make some money for yourself for personal gain. Okay, well, let's let's look at some companies. When I was sitting around some bankers not too long ago, they said, we'll invest in anything as long as there's a return. And these companies came up 
a couple of them. Lockheed Martin, Boeing. Oh, these sound like nice, wholesome American companies. You can make a lot of money investing in them. And these uh, financial people, they make a lot of money for their clients. Investing in Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, General Dynamics. Their stocks shot up. Well, let's just look at one of these, Raytheon. Gregory Hayes, the CEO of Raytheon Technologies, standing there in front of that iconic bell in the New York Stock Exchange in these three-piece suits with all their buddies petting them on the back. You know what he said? This is before the war in Ukraine. This was just in January. Here's the CEO of a company that makes bombs, missiles, rockets, and all the logistical equipment to deploy and detonate the weapons of mass destruction on human beings. We are seeing opportunities for international sales. Tension in Europe. Well, it's no more, than, more than tension now. It's all out war. In the South China Sea, I fully expect we are going to see some heavy profit there. And they were all celebrating, patting each other on the back. He's ringing that bell. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Celebrating making money on human misery and genocide. Isaiah chapter 14, 15. God is going to mop Satan up in a bucket and slosh him down the sides of the pit of hell along with everybody that is presently partaking in Satan's metaverse. Mercies of heaven or go to hell? Who do these people think they are? Just pure evil. But they're celebrated as people. We can make money off human misery. Let's do it. The faithfulness, that's God's mercy. God allows it. He has to separate good from evil. He'll separate heaven from hell. And to do that, the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong. And these, these disgusting subhumans, repent now. Get your butt out of Satan's metaverse and come back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension because we are all part of the human family. God wants all his children back. You pray for these people. But look what they're doing to this planet. And that's just one example. Verse 3, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David. What's this covenant mean? It means no compromises. It's like people always use catchphrases to discredit the truth. I just got a kick in the gut yesterday. Let me tell you something personally. I put up, I use the website Quora to answer questions. I've answered over 500 people's questions there. Selflessly, I've spent thousands of hours for the human family to try and come to an understanding of the Bible. I did page one of the Bible, and they said to me, Cora said to me, they wrote me an email, they kicked me off their site, or they took down my post, that I'm misleading people by teaching the Bible. That's what they said. They belong in that metaverse. They have to create division, disorder. They have to create corruption because that's what makes money, and that's what Satan's all about. All the evil in the world is perpetuated by Satan or instigated by Satan. The adversary. He's the adversary of the truth. And it's perpetuated by the human heart. I was saddened so bad. If you look at that blog post, page one of your Bible, like you've never heard before, or you go on the video, go to companionchapel.com and go on the video. I made a three-part video on the first page of your Bible, right from the manuscripts. You'd be so surprised how much loving, merciful information is there. And true science backs it up. And then I have all of a sudden 
to get that post taken down from Quora. And I've been so heavily restricted on that site after I spent thousands of hours selflessly helping people to understand the Bible. And it's, it's just the way she goes. All the evil in the world wants disorder, chaos, division. And obviously they're doing a great job. So I've sworn unto my servant David. David back then... And then the son of David, the true David. So always have these uh, prophetic imports from the David that walked as the king who God loved. Like this guy, somebody, he loved him. David means beloved to the true David, the son of David. Hosanna, son of David, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah, thought link. Christ was a builder. I know it says in the Bible he's a carpenter and everybody runs with that. But when you look at the word in the manuscripts, he was a builder. He was building a kingdom that will not accommodate evil for us, for me and for you, and none of us deserve it. And he suffered to do it. He suffered immeasurably to do it. He will not compromise with evil, and he will not accommodate evil in his kingdom. His kingdom is valid, it is legit, and it's waiting for me, and it's waiting for you, and the rest of the human family, for whomsoever will. Because we are to become pillars in this temple. And that's written in the book of Revelation chapter 3 around verse 15. We become part of the structural fabric of the temple of God. Isn't that just the greatest thing? Verse 5, And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of thy saints. Why are we praising his wonders? Because no evil can or will exist there. Verse 6, For who in the, in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Question. Nobody. Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Nobody's worthy. Revelation chapter 5. Only one that is worthy. The only begotten. First and foremost in importance. He manifests a little lower than the angels for us. He is the living word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's our teacher, our master, our rabbi. He's our great shepherd. He will hold your hand. You say to the Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender my entire existence to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. My heart belongs to you. Please hold my hand. Wrap me in your vesture. Cover me in your veil. Let's get us out of here. You are our savior, our salvation. We walk on your path. We keep it straight. My heart belongs to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. We submit with an unquestioning obedience because you know what real peace is all about. Mankind is a 100% failure rate at governing themselves. The whole world is at war right now. That's Satan's metaverse. Chaos and destruction. Apollyon is his name in the Greek. And that just means absolute destruction. Verse 7, God is greatly to be feared. That means in awe. In the assembly of the saints. We're in awe of him. And to, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Reverence is one of God's seven spirits. And it's listed in the book of Isaiah. It's the Holy Spirit. That's his character. That's his intellect of his soul. That's his personality. That's his reactive attitude that motivates all action. That's the Holy Spirit. It encompasses the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. And the spirit of reverence belongeth to God and only God, our Heavenly Father. Therefore, you never reverence another person. 
You never call somebody reverent. It's one of God's seven spirits. Verse 8, O Lord God of hosts, who is strong, Lord, like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee. Now here's a big word here. You notice, who is Lord God of hosts? Who is strong, Lord? This word strong, Lord, is Yah in the manuscripts. That is God's sacred name, condensed from Yahweh. Means he can condense himself. He's trying to teach us something. He condensed himself to talk to Moses, to the prophets. Okay? There's no more prophets anymore that foretell. But sons and daughters shall prophesy. That means foretell. That means declare the sacred testimony to all generations as was written in the first verse of this Bible. We pass it on. Yahweh means the eternal one inhabiting eternity self-derived, impermanent existence far beyond flesh, humans' current understanding and perception of physics. In Psalms chapter 8, in the beginning, wisdom was there. Before the first atom was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, when the whole universe was a pulverized dust, wisdom was there. God became a consciousness. Wisdom is feminine in the Hebrew, chokomo. Because it's something that he possesses. All the verbs leading up to that word in Proverbs chapter 8 are masculine. God had to become a consciousness at some point. You're strained to think infinity back when the whole universe was a pulverized dust. Before the earth existed, God became a consciousness. He didn't create disorder and chaos that became of one, Satan. We read about him in Ezekiel chapter 28. God made Satan in the full power and beauty and wisdom in the highest supernatural order. It was his right-hand man that turned on him. Satan challenged God's sovereignty. And one-third of us followed Satan's ideals. And we can read about that, his ideals, his godlike fantasy, in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14, where he thinks he's going to sit above the stars. That's us in heaven, his godlike fantasy. God's going to end that. Thou rulest the raging sea. When the waves there arrive, thou stillest them. Now, let's define within context here. God's not all of a sudden talking about a rogue wave in the ocean. Okay, We're talking about following the glossary thread. And it, this links us to um, Revelation chapter 17.5. Uh, we just went through this in Psalm 65.7. Isaiah 17.12 and 13. Uh, seas is yom in the Hebrew, and this means heathen nations are likened to a roaring sea. The nations shall rush like the rushing of many waters, but God will rebuke them, and in the end they will amount to nothing. God mops them up in a bucket and sloshes them down the sides of the pit. What they've done to humanity. Verse 10, When thou hast broken Rahab, into pieces as one that is slain, that was scattered thy enemies with thy strong arm. Who's Rahab? Okay, well, we have a glossary link for that too. We just have to go back one page of the Bible where it's translated in uh, Psalms chapter 87, verse 7. No, 87, verse uh, 4. Rahab is a proverbial expression, meaning a pompous, insolent people. They're so easy to spot these days. We don't judge them. We mourn for them because they're walking in darkness. But it's Rahab is used as a descriptive term for Egypt at the time. Spiritually and ethically corrupt. Babylon the same. 
We spot the trademarks of evil, arrogance, aggression, the overfed, the unconcerned, the warmongers. Why does the United States allow these companies to sell weapons of mass destruction, bombs, missiles, rockets, and all the logistical equipment to deploy and detonate these things for the mass destruction of human beings? Look at these, these companies' stocks shot up before the war in Ukraine. They make hundreds of billions of dollars, and they just sell them anywhere. They sell them to Egypt. They sell them to Palestine. They sell them to Saudi Arabia. $650 million in November 221 of missiles to Saudi Arabia. What are they doing? Fighting people in Yemen. They don't care. Profit above people. Those people are getting sloshed down in the side of the pit. They're going to get mopped up in a bucket. We pray for them. You can still repent. But will they? Probably not. The love of money and everybody that invests in those things. You've got to watch where you invest in. God will scatter the enemies with the strong arm. The heavens are thine. The earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. God is the creator. And he's the provider. The north, the south, thou hast created them. Tabar and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Who's Tabar and Hermon? It just means uh, west and east of the Holy Land, where these guys were hanging out, uh, Ethan and Heman. Okay, so what we're talking about here is uh, north, south, east, west, completing the four points of the compass here. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. The habitation of thy throne, that means the foundation of the throne, is mercy. God's plans, plots, and purposes is to get the world, is to rid the world of evil. And all the evil in the world is in the human heart. And if you can't let it go, then you're going somewhere. You have to go to hell. You can't come to heaven if you can't let go of those things. Or else it would be nothing more than a new hell. And that's not mercy. Verse 15. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. This word light here is a grammatical garung. It's a verb that functions as a noun. And that takes us on a glossary link to Genesis 1, verse 14 to 19. The greater of the two unique light givers, the mayor. It's the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's personage. This is, like, this is a verb. That's his action on us. The lesser of the two unique light givers is Satan himself. And his light is doubt, which creates division, chaos, disorder. He just puts doubt on the truth. That's the currency of Satan, is doubt. That's the currency against truth. That's what lawyers use from big corporations. What currency do they have against the truth? They just cast doubt. That's what Satan did right off the hop in the first pages of the Bible. Just cast doubt on the truth. And you have to think about what the truth is. Like if people, if people don't know the truth, then, then how do you know you're being lied to if you don't know the truth? And the Bible is the truth. Um, let's carry on here. Rahab. We went over that. Tabar went over that. Verse 14, justice and judgment. Verse 15, blesses the people that know. Verse 16, in, the, in thy name shall they rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. 
God will wipe away all tears, man. God is going to wrap up the affairs of time on this flesh age. And isn't that just the greatest promise? We know it's going to happen. Just because God exists right now beyond our current, current perception and understanding of physics, he's right there with the other two-thirds of the angels that did not fall. And they're watching us. God's watching us. He's our Heavenly Father. He's watching us like a bunch of spoiled little brats in a sandbox, fighting and arguing, being possessive, not getting along, screaming at each other. That's what, that's what the world looks like to God right now. Look at these insolent children. What happens when you're a little kid and you're playing in the sandbox in the backyard? Mommy and Daddy are over there in lawn chairs about you know, 20, 30 feet away, and they're kind of watching you, kind of not. And then all of a sudden, all the children in the sandbox are screaming and yelling at each other. What happens? A trump and a shout happens. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ when he returns. The trump just means it gets your attention. Oh, here comes Dad stomping over. You know something's going to happen. What's the shout? tells you, hush up, children. You can't act like that. A bunch of like little spoiled kids in a sandbox here, destroying planet Earth, annihilating each other. Jesus Christ comes back. It's going to be more than just getting yelled at by Dad in the backyard on a hot summer day. It's going to be, hush up. Look what you children are doing to each other. You're all brothers and sisters. You're all part of the human family. We rejoice. That's God's mercy. He has to get rid of evil. It's the only way. Verse 18, for the Lord is our defense. He is your shield. He is your buckler. He is your high tower. He is your rock, your only stability. And the Holy One of Israel is our King. This looks forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is written a thousand years before Jesus Christ was kicking around on planet Earth. 19, then thou spakest in the vision of thy Holy One and saidest, I have laid help upon that is mighty. I have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil, I have anointed him. Now, David was anointed by Samuel. God anointed our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're talking about our Lord Jesus Christ here. And this word found doesn't mean like I lost him. Like God's not going around looking for his keys. God doesn't go around looking for, where did those guys go? Where's that kid? Where's that kid? God is omnipotent. This word found means secured. I've secured my servant David. I've secured the foundation I have formed the foundation of salvation. I want my children back. Okay, we're going to stop there for today. We'll pick it up at Psalms chapter 89, verse 22. I want you to have a great day. Listen, God loves you to pieces. He wants his children back. I want to thank you very much for listening. Get a hold of me at companionchapel at gmail.com. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.